Well, thank you for joining us today. In Your Head has always got great guests, and today I'm really happy to have Dr. Sally Fryer Dietz as a guest. And I'm excited because I get an opportunity to learn more about concussions. Concussions only means, you know, means something different to me. In my world, all I'm looking at when somebody comes and says they have a concussion immediately, oh, what'd that do to the brain? How did that change the way those neurons and dendrites are wiring and firing? How's that shifted the power around? How's the brain changing? Is it still sharing the right amount of information? Or is the timing right? And in your world, it means, a whole lot more than that. So why don't we start off and you tell us what is a concussion? So a concussion happens when there's any kind of force into the body, whether it's the head or the tailbone or a a slam even into the side of a body uh, that disrupts your brain inside the cavity of the skull. And if you have a hard enough hit, you get that neurometabolic cascade that occurs so all those little metabolic changes that you just talked about that's like a snow globe that gets shaken around and all those little particles are kind of free falling for a while for the next three to four weeks Um, symptoms that can occur as a result of that are varied depending on where the force came into your body and what exactly did it come from the side or the back or the forehead and that's going to shape how the kind of symptoms that you end up having so it's very typical to have symptoms of headache um, dizziness foggy thinking trouble sleeping Um, you can feel more agitated lots of different emotional changes that can take place and what people may or may not realize is right after an injury you might not even have those symptoms yet they might show up a day or two later or an hour later or or whatever everybody's very very different so just like in your world in my world we're looking at the brain and what it's showing us you know what are the symptoms telling us about how that brain is functioning and then how do we go about fixing it or addressing those symptoms so that somebody can heal and recover completely and get back to their life You know, and so when you say where you hit your head, because if somebody comes in and they're saying, you know, ever since I had this, I hit my head, I can't pay attention as well. You know, I've got this brain fog going on. I'm so distracted. Sometimes I feel like I'm just pinging around the room. Immediately, I think, hmm, frontal lobes. Right. What would you think if you heard that? I think frontal lobe also, but... Um, vision is a big part of foggy thinking and so what's going on with the eyes are they teaming together are they straining you know what what else is going on and how those the visual cortex is is working and delivering information Um, you can also get similar symptoms like that from a whiplash injury and where it's coming from your neck so you know we can do all this work on the on the brain but if it's coming from the neck we need to address those signals and and you know what is it that's that's uh, causing the neck or the cervical spine to give the wrong kind of information well you know you make a really good point because when somebody comes in and they say well I hit my head or I was in a car accident it's not as simple as I hit my head on the windshield it's pretty complex right well and usually what happens is you don't just hit it in one place you may you know hit you know, hit the windshield. So your brain is thrown forward to the front of your your head, and then it ricochets backwards. So you actually get um, 
damage on both sides of how the brain is moving. And if you think of your your brain, the consistency of it is a little bit like a bowl of jello. Mm-hmm. Or you could think of an egg and the egg yolk inside this little hard shell. If you, you know hit it hard enough, you don't have to break the shell. It's just the the jello or or whatever is going to move, and that's going to bend those uh, cells and and cause some damage. Just like you have little filaments in your your head that kind of begin to break apart. So and while I come at it, you know, I come at it with neuromodulation, transcranial direct stimulation, alternating current, maybe transcranial random noise, Loretta whole brain training. You come at it with a whole different bag of tricks. Right. And they both work so well together. But what we'll look at is the whole physical function. So if you're having trouble with your balance and your coordination, mm-hmm. say, we're going to work with your vestibular system. And we do that with balance exercises, balance activities. <clears throat> we may need to look at um, what's going on in the semicircular canal- canals of the ears. And are there little crystals that have been knocked out of place? In which case, there's different maneuvers that can be done to help those crystals get back into the right place. So if those crystals are knocked out of place, then those auditory processing issues that you're experiencing, can when you get the crystals back in the right spot, that resolves the issue? Well, it can, it can affect auditory, but more than that, it's going to cause something we call vertigo. And vertigo um. occurs when the room seems to be spinning around you, or if you're trying to focus on a picture and it's moving back and forth that's that's what we call vertigo and that's a big red flag that those crystals could be displaced or every time you move to get out of bed it feels like the room is spinning or you you know change position and the room spins so so you mentioned red flags that's mm-hmm. one what are some other red flags so other red flags the foggy thinking is a big one that we hear a lot of where people just they don't feel themselves they're not on their game they have a hard time concentrating and, and focusing um, kids in school this can be associated with learning differences that show up they have a hard time visually tracking what's going on on the board if somebody's writing something on the board they have to look at their book in front of them look at the board and then back at the book and just doing that visual tracking can be very um, challenging for the the nervous system because the eyes aren't teaming together well so let me ask you a question when somebody comes in and they say you know gee lee used to i was a great writer i have all these creative ideas in my brain and i could sit down and i could put them on paper i can't do that anymore right what does that mean so there's we work with a lot of kids and i've been in developmental pediatrics for you know the majority of my professional career and one thing that happens with kids when they have something called sensory integration dysfunction Mm -hmm. is that you've got so much sensory information coming in at once that it's very hard to focus on what's right in front of you and when you have a concussion the same kind of thing happens you're working way harder to uh visually focus on something or you're working way harder to keep your body in the right position or you're working way harder to filter out all that auditory stimuli that might be coming at you or the visual stimuli walking down a a hallway and people are walking by you all that stuff takes up room in your in your brain so it makes it hard to focus so when we can streamline things that we typically take for granted Mm -hmm. then your brain works better and and those sorts of symptoms can clear up. 
But it's not only the brain that you focus on. Right. That, and this is where we kind of come, come apart. Right. Um, you focus on a lot of the physical aspects as well. Yes. So tell me a little bit more about that. So there's so many different physical things that, that can take place. We talked about the cervical spine. But that's a big one. Right. And when, um, when you have a whiplash or any kind of an injury to the cervical spine, there are reflexes that are, are integrated into our nervous system typically. And if that gets disturbed because it's swollen, it's in spasm, you have a facet or the bones are out of alignment, that can give you misinformation about where your body is in space. So we're going to do activities that focus on balance using really sophisticated equipment. We have a balance machine called a Biodex. So we're able to see exactly where somebody is holding their weight. Do they throw their weight forward are they you know balancing on their toes are they leaning backwards do they have a tendency to lean more you know backwards or to the right side or the left side and that's all going to be influenced by where that injury was in their head and what that spinal reflex is telling their body or their nervous system so there's there's that then inside so you can reset that so you can absolutely reset that we use a treatment called craniosacral therapy a lot that really helps to reduce the symptoms of um, cervical strain, of foggy thinking, just your nervous system having to work harder than it, it should. It's a great treatment to use with any other kinds of treatments for concussion, whether it's neurobiofeedback or balance training or vision training. It just it helps reset the central nervous system so it's more receptive to to input um, there's we do cervical uh, manipulation if there's uh, the cervical spine is out of alignment we may have to do some uh, mild grade uh, work on the spine to help get it in better alignment but the the craniosacral therapy really is the gem with all of that so, you know, when we hear the word concussion, we ought to, and particularly since it's football season, right. we all automatically think about all the NFL players and, or the high school football players. But really, it, I don't think that's the bulk of your business, is it? No, you know, sports have brought a lot of very good awareness to people about concussion and mm-hmm. that we cannot take it for granted anymore. You know, it used to be that you had a concussion, you kind of minimized the symptoms, you had your bell rung, or you saw stars, and you know, it wasn't a really big deal, and you kind of muscled through it, and maybe you got over it, maybe you didn't. You know, there's a lot of people out there who've had concussions from years ago who never quite got over it and still struggle with learning and processing and, and other, you know, kinds of things so athletics have been great at bringing that attention but you know not everybody because I've had people come in and say well Lee I didn't see stars I didn't lose lose consciousness so I didn't have a concussion well only one out of ten people actually lose consciousness is my understanding that's right 90 percent yeah you know do not lose consciousness and that is not an indication of having a concussion or not you know the other thing that's kind of a misnomer is uh, people think if they had an MRI or a CAT scan and it didn't show anything, then that I'm good. That's right. That I'm good. And that will never show that you've had a concussion. That's only going to show if you've had a bleed in your head or a skull fracture. So, you know, just going to get a test like that is not your diagnostic tool. Really, the only thing that can diagnose a concussion or somebody who's 
observing your symptoms at the time of the injury and then doing repetitive assessments after that. Mm -hmm. You really need to look at them 15 minutes later, 30 minutes later, an hour later, a couple hours later. How are they the next day? Many times these symptoms don't even show up till the next day. You know, and it's very scary because I have been in ICU twice with a head injury. Nothing sexy, nothing fun. I just slipped and fell and hit my head. Absolutely. And what happened the first time, I did not allow my brain to heal properly, so it was so much more vulnerable. And the second time I hit my head, it was worse. Right. Well, and you bring up a great point because the first three to four weeks after an injury, you are very susceptible to having another injury. And that's why it's so important to not go right back to some kind of a risky activity, whether it was you know, playing football or ice hockey or in a car accident or a slip or fall. You don't want to be putting yourself in a situation where you could lose your balance again or be hit by somebody or something. And um, a lot of that is because of this metabolic shift that takes place. But falls and motor vehicle accidents are probably, they're way ahead of athletics in terms of the number that we see. And as you age, you tend to lose some of your peripheral vision, which puts you at a greater risk for having a fall. Mm -hmm. So we want to try and protect ourselves and do as much preventative work before somebody even has an injury and then educate them to, if you do have an injury, get it treated completely before you get, you go back to your typical activity too soon. And when you say get it treated completely, you mean physical therapy, OT, visual threat therapy. You really need to be completely symptom-free. And having having a therapist who's trained in concussion rehab can really help you sort that out. It's very easy to minimize symptoms. Um, we see or to all close the time. your eyes. And pretend. It's not really happening. That's right. It's not really happening. Right. And I have a lot of adults and I have a lot of kids who go through that process where, you know, they're trying to, you know, I have a, a nice fellow right now who had a bad concussion just bumping his head on a bunk bed and he's got a wedding this weekend, you know, and it's, you know, you want to go back to your life and you've got big things that are, are going on, but how can you do it safely? You know, it's not that you have to go into a a dark room and lock yourself in there. There are ways to get back to your typical activities, but do it safely and do it, you know, until you're completely healed. So if I were to ask you for three things that people should keep in mind when they're recovering to do things safely, what would you say? So the biggest thing when, when guiding activity level is that If you do something that stirs up your symptoms, say you're a student, you go back to school, and halfway through the school day, you have a splitting headache, you call your mom, you've got to go home, and you sleep for the next three hours. That was too much on your central nervous system. You really want to be able to recover within 5 to 15 minutes at the most if you're eliciting symptoms. So if it's, you can, it's kind of like if you had the flu. And you're not going to just stay in bed and never get out of bed. You, you know, right. You're going to get up. You're going to go downstairs. You're going to have a little soup. You're going to, you know, probably try and stay up for 10, 15 minutes. And when you don't feel good anymore, you go back to bed. Well, after concussion, it's the same thing. Get up, 
do some of your typical things. If you start to feel symptomatic, rest. Okay. And if your symptoms go away in 5 to 15 minutes, then you're on target. If it takes a lot longer, you did too much, all activity is equal. Whether it's cognitive activity, thinking, reading, watching a movie, having a conversation, or it's physical activity, going back to you know, riding your Peloton at home or going on the football field or you know, being out with your friends, going to a football game, the auditory stimulation that's you know, very, very um, toxic to a, a freshly injured brain. Well, even to my brain, when I walk in Cowboy Stadium sometimes, right. the noise level is just so intense. Yep. That and I can't imagine if you've got that very vulnerable brain, right? What so, that would do. So you really have to listen to your body. So you have to be aware. Absolutely. You really have to be aware. Mm-hmm. What else? Um, you know, seeking out guidance, doing doing your your own homework, and being honest with yourself about you know, how you're how you're feeling. I have to be honest yeah, about it. That's right. And and what you know, what is it that you're going back to do? You you only have one brain. You know, so do we really want to be putting it at risk if we can come up with another option? And, you know, too many times people think, well, no, I I have to do this. I'm the only person who can do it. You need to give yourself a break. Yeah. Yeah. Always we think we're irreplaceable. And the the younger we are, I think the more we think we're invisible. Right, right. Nothing can touch us. It'd be a whole lot easier if we could put a cast around our head. But it doesn't work like that. You know, if you have a broken leg, you have a cast and people kind of take care of you. They watch out for you. They don't expect you to be out running around with them. But when you have a head injury, it's it's silent. It's really only what you're experiencing and what your symptoms are. Well, you know, and I think what, what I've heard from clients is the hard part is, is they don't know what they're exper- right. experiencing. That's right. Things just aren't working the way they used to. Right. And part of having a concussion or any kind of a head injury is you don't necessarily think clearly. It's easy to make the wrong decisions or to make misjudgments. And you see that more and more with repetitive injuries. People who've had multiple head injuries, they begin to really, they rationalize things um, in ways that aren't necessarily the, the best thing for them. And, you know, being aware, you know, the, the people around you, the people who love you if you've had a head injury, being sensitive and observant to those things. You know, if somebody just doesn't seem quite right, they probably aren't quite right. So with the older population, and we all have those in our life, um, and thankful to still have them in our life, what can you, are there guidelines that you can give someone? Let's say someone comes in and they've they've fallen, and maybe they didn't break their hip, it wasn't anything like that, but definitely they they fell and they're, they're just not back in their game. What would you advise a family to do? So we actually, we do a fall prevention program where we'll work with um, with individuals no matter what age they are, but that tends to be more the older population, um, mm-hmm. to be aware of what their body mechanics are, how they're using their body in space. And just like with a concussion, how we can measure balance and that sway and where their body, their center of gravity is, we can work with somebody so that they can really identify where their own center of gravity is so that they can work with it better. Um, I had a, another patient recently who actually 
had a hip replacement two years ago, and um, and then she fell about six months ago. She you know broke multiple bones. She's been in a recovery mode mm-hmm. you know ever since this original hip repair, but she's accommodated by narrowing her gait of, you know, base of support, so her feet are very close together, which makes her very unstable and makes her more prone to having another fall. So we're working with her and her gait so that she has that awareness of where her feet are and can walk in a more stable way. It was also throwing her entire, you know, postural system off where her, her shoulders were about three inches to the right when they needed to be right over her, her body. But you don't know that you're actually carrying yourself that way until you have somebody who can really work with you and give you that feedback. And then once you see it, you can start to work on it yourself. So how long does that take? Everybody's different. You know, it depends on um, how motivated you mm-hmm. are and you know where you are in your own cognition. If you, you know, it's, um, we'll have patients who will come in who's, uh, the children are trying to take care of their parents and their parent may be uh, very set in their ways and stubborn don't think they need to do this and that's a little more challenging because it really has to come from the person they want to need to be able to want to change uh, and do the work that it takes so to is get that there. the biggest challenge that you see in working with people that have fallen uh, is that they they don't want to change? Well, you know, we're, we're very lucky because we're a, a private practice and mm-hmm. people seek us out because they really want help. So we very rarely will get somebody who isn't interested in... Who isn't ready. And that's, doing that's yeah. what I experience as yeah. well. They're there for a reason. They're there because they want their brain to work yeah. right. And they're not ready to, to age before, <laughs> before, before they're they- <laughs> ready. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look, you've been doing this now. You you started off with integrative pediatric, uh-huh. and then you went into the integrative concussion, and you've been doing that for how long? Ten years. So I've been well. I've been a physical therapist thirty eight years. So for a long time, and um, uh, doing concussion specifically over the past ten years, we've really evolved in doing more than just the manual therapy that we started with, which was the cranial sacral therapy, but really noticing the vestibular and the visual and the uh, neuromuscular kind of components to a concussion and took the extra steps to really learn how to treat those things. Well, what it sounds like is you've really gone holistic. You're looking at every single thing in the right. body, the central nervous system, the autonomic nervous system. Right. You're looking at it all. Well, we've always been very holistic. We look at the whole person, whether you're a child with a developmental issue or you're an elderly person with a balance issue. You know, everybody, it's never so simple that it's just one thing. You know, it's how everything works together, your eyes, your ears, your you know, it neck, always your, is. You know, everything. So, you know, having somebody who um, I think part of the problem in our medical system today is everybody is so specialized. They only see one thing. And I think we really need to remember that we're very complex beings. There's a lot of different ways to get into the nervous system and to help someone. And there is no one right way. So the more tools we can bring together, bring to the table, the better options we have for really helping people 
to heal and recover. And you make a really good point, Sally. It is our responsibility right. to be aware and to consider everything that we have and, and to ask ourselves what resources are out there. What can I do? What tools Absolutely. do I have? Because in my practice, technology has just provided unbelievable advances in the way that we train the brain. And I'm sure it has in yours. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I mean, we use lots of different technology in diagnosing and treatment. And you know, we have a special computer that reads the way the pupils work. In the So for visual tracking, we can actually now see the pattern of your your pupil moving so we know if eyes are teaming together or not using this you know very sophisticated toby uh software platform that's saying that's so interesting because when i when somebody comes in and they say you know i'm having really i can't comprehend what i read i'm thinking okay occipital lobe something is off in the back of the brain and it very well may be exactly what you talked about well this is really cool because you can also see reading and you see exactly where the eyes land on the words do they land on the word do they land in between the words are they you know do they skip the first word and the last word or go up and down the page you really can get a very accurate visual of what's going on and it's so validating for the patient because they're experiencing it and they're saying it but until we had this you didn't have any proof of it you just heard what they said well now they can look and see exactly what it is that they're doing and again once you have that awareness there are things that you can do to treat it well and i think you know what i have found is once you validate you know you're not stupid you're not ignorant there's a cause there's Mm -hmm. a problem there's a problem there's something causing your problem it increases their self-confidence their self-esteem it motivates them to do better right well they're the there's an explanation. It's Absolutely. not just that you're getting old or you, you're feeling stupid or, you know, I mean, people beat themselves up. You know, we're, we're very, we're, we all have those tendencies to do that to ourselves. and We do, and we need to yeah. stop that. I know. I and, know. you know, if, if we decide if you want to learn more, there's a lot of information out there. Um, certainly the Brain Performance Center Facebook page and the website, we always have blogs. And you have a website? We have a website for concussion. It's called concussion Dash therapy.com that has all of our our concussion program then we also have integrative pediatric therapy.com or iptkids.com iptkids.com that's that's really easy well i just want to thank you so much sally for for being part of the show today and sharing your knowledge base it'll help me understand how i can better work with my clients well thanks it was it was great to be able to visit with you too thank you okay 